When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Turn on the Jets Live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn on the Jets Live. I'm your host, Steven Zance. Not joined by Russo this week. He'll be on the feed a little bit later this week, but we are joined by a very special guest, Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic. Zach, thanks for coming on. How you doing, bud? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. I feel like there's been nothing short of entertainment with the Jets, especially in the last 24 hours. So we're going to have to kick it off with Dalvin Cook because that's like the biggest news right now besides Brees Hall getting you know reactivated off the pup. So what were your thoughts on the Cook signing when you saw the news? I was a little surprised by it. I I, I, def- I definitely felt like the Jets were still interested, but I, I didn't realize it. they were like on the verge of giving him as much money as they wound up giving him. I, I don't think the full details have come out yet of the contract, but um, I was, I was surprised. I guess I was more surprised about like the money they gave him than anything. Um, but ultimately it makes a lot of sense when you really break it down. So I get it. I, I also, I get the people who are concerned about, you know, paying that much for running back when, you know, they should, they have other holes on the roster. I, I don't think it's as easy to just pick up an offensive lineman in August. Yes. Yeah. A lot of fans seem to. So, you know, they need a, they, they're going all in on winning right now. This is about this year. It's not about a year or two from now. And Dalvin Cook helps them win right now. So I, I, I get it. I agree with you. And people are talking about like potentially rolling that money into next year. I'm like, the Jets aren't operating like that, right? Like they yeah. were going to spend that money one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether they, yeah, whether they spent that on Dalvin now or they they use it later, like they still have ways of adding players later on. So I, uh, yeah, I mean it, it makes sense. And you know, again, we haven't seen the structure. It's possible Douglas did it so it spreads out the cap hit or something like that. Uh, yeah, with like void years and stuff like that. Once that well, comes that's out, the hope. a better idea. Yeah, that's the hope. So I believe that you broke the news this morning about Brees. Uh, I think you were the first in the beat on that. So how do you look today? I know he was a limited, but and when do you think he's going to practice in full? Yeah, you know, Brees even said this. There wasn't really that much different for him other than that he was allowed to, like, warm up with the team. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think they're still easing him back. I I, I don't think he'll be in team drills this week. Um, maybe next week. I, I can't say that for certain. I think they are slow playing it, though. Uh, you know, I think ho- next week would be the hope, I would say, that he could be back for team drills. But they're really going to take it slow with him. They're not going to rush him back by any means. But, you know, maybe we'll start seeing him in position drills with his teammates things like that soon. And just the progress points that you need to see. And, you know, he, he, he needs to take a hit before he plays in a game in the season. So at some point he's got to take a hit, whether it's, you know, with his teammates or whatever it is. Um, and so that's kind of like the next, the next point. And, you know, Dalvin Cook's not even going to be there. It sounds like for at least a week, if not more. So, um, you know, it's still going to be the same group they've been rolling with for the most part, but yeah, Brees getting activated is definitely progress. And it kind of goes towards the point that, um, you know, they've been making that they think he can be back for week one. I think that seems pretty clear that the plan is to have him back in week one. Yeah. And I think Jeff fans would be happy with that. 
Um, given the acquisition of Cook, who do you think is the odd man out? Do you think it's Bam or do you think it's Michael Carter? Because there's a lot of speculation amongst the fan base. I, I mean, I think it's going to play itself out over the rest of the preseason. Those two will get them a lot of touches uh, in these next two preseason games, I think, in, in the joint practice this week. I lean towards Michael Carter being the safe one, um, but I don't say that with like a lot of confidence because I, <laughs> I think Bam Knight has looked good in camp. I think Carter played better than him the other day against the Panthers. Um, Bam is more explosive. Carter's a you know leader in the locker room. He's beloved by his teammates. So there's like you can make the case for and against either one of those guys. Uh, I don't feel particularly confident in either one. I, Izzy is going to be on the roster. Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook are. And I think Nick Bodden is also a factor in this. I don't know if they would, you know, if keeping him would knock somebody off, but I, I do think there's a good chance they keep Nick Bodden too. So it is, it kind of comes down to how many running backs they want to keep. Uh, and then once they figure that out, you know, you, you have to look at what Michael Carter and Bam Knight bring to the table and what they don't bring to the table. And, you know, if Brees or Dalvin Cook goes down, who do they trust more to come in and, and fill in kind of thing? So that's, that, that's going to play out these next couple of weeks. They might already know the answer to that question. Um, I, whoever of those two gets cut, I think would get claimed, if not claimed, would at least sign with another team. I think they're both good enough that that would happen. Um, especially Carter, I think, you know, Knight, maybe you could sneak him through just cause they snuck him through last year. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think that's going to be one of the more interesting roster battles to watch the rest of the way. Yeah, I agree. And wouldn't you say that Carter probably would have trade value? Like maybe they can get like a five for him or like a, I mean, I think he was a fourth round pick two years ago. I feel like they wouldn't just cut him out, right? Teams would actually want him, especially with all the injuries that happened to the running back position, right? Uh, I don't know. Teams aren't really doling out a lot for running backs these days. And Michael Carter was not very good last year. So I don't know that you could really get much for him unless it was like a conditional late round pick. So it's kind of whoever they don't keep probably gets cut unless Joe Douglas has something up his sleeve. But look, Mims got like a conditional seven and Mims has shown nothing since he's been, he was on the team. So I feel like Douglas could definitely get something out of somebody who needs running back help. Um, I do want to transition back to the weekend because, you know, Jeff fans were loving what they saw from the defensive line, but what was your biggest takeaway from the Carolina game, you know, being there in person? I mean, the biggest takeaway was how good that defensive line is. I think, I think that's what you have to, the biggest takeaway you can have, especially because, you know, they went against the starting Panthers offensive line for the beginning of the game and they still dominated them to the point where the, I believe the Panthers had like a come to Jesus moment after where they like had to meet with their O linemen and stuff. Um, but it's truly, you know, we talk about it over and over again. And, you know, sometimes we have to try and figure out if it's just they're going against the Jets O line or if they're actually as good as we think they are. And it seems like they're as good as we think they are. They're deep. They're, they're really built for leads. Like if this team has leads that the offense gives them, they have the ability to rush the passer to an extreme degree. Uh, well, McDonald looks like the real deal. Jermaine Johnson, I think, is going to be an absolute stud this year. Bryce Huff is Bryce Huff. He, he does what he does in the small <laughs> doses, but he, he gets yeah. after it. You know, you still have JFM. You still have Quinnen. Al Woods and Quentin Jefferson have both flashed as well. Like, even Solomon Thomas has played pretty well in camp. Like, there's not a guy yeah. who I, I could say has had a bad camp out of that group. So, I, it's it's going to be very fascinating to see how Ulbrich, you know, uh, you know, divvies out the snaps. But, you know, they have so many guys that everybody should be able to stay fresh all year. And if, if somebody gets hurt, you're fine. Like, the only guy you don't want – you can't really afford to lose is Quinnen. But the, re- the rest of that group – they, they can survive. I mean, Carl Lawson hasn't practiced in over a week, uh, and you barely notice because of how good Jermaine and Will McDonald have been. So that's kind of where yeah. we're at right now. I know. I feel like that injury is kind of stuck under the radar because of the depth and what you saw from Jermaine yeah. and Will McDonald. So 
I like what you said about Jermaine, and I'm curious. Do you think he could be the best edge rusher on the team in 2023 based on what you've seen so far this summer and also comparing really the year-over-year growth from what you saw from him as a rookie? Can he? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have to see it when the games matter and, you know, teams start getting film on him and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's really, like, physically transformed himself. He looks much more explosive, stronger, faster. And, you know, he was kind of unstoppable in that Panthers game. He, he was doing it both through power and through speed. And if he has – the combination of both, you're kind of seeing why there are all those reports of the Jets, you know, even thinking about him in the top five. At, and then they traded up to get him because they really believed in him. And he only had a rotational role. He kind of flashed a little bit. You know, he had that tackle against Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the ceiling is sky high for him. And, you know, he especially if Carl Lawson is banged up or, or if they really, like, are making that a 50-50 split between those two guys, like, he has a real chance to make an impact. Yeah, I mean, we're all hoping for a major jump from him, and I know he's put on a lot of weight because he definitely was pretty small when he came out of Florida State, similar to what we've seen from Will McDonald, but Will McDonald's speed and just that spin move, I feel like that combination, he, they can't keep him you know, on the bench. He's going to have to play in some capacity, whether it's – it's probably going to be more of like a role that Jermaine Johnson had as a rookie because Jermaine will be on the field probably you know, majority of the defensive snaps. Um, I do want to transition to the offensive line because it seems like that has been, you know, the biggest concern from amongst the fan base, and even the beat and national media, because the tackle situation is not settled. But I saw you reported, uh, I believe it was yesterday, about Billy Turner being the favorite to start on the right side week one. So I want to ask you about that. What makes you think that? Is it just the comfort built, comfort with Rodgers and obviously the familiarity with the system? Because what I've heard seen from you know you on Twitter and the other members of the beat and really just what you've seen all over social media is that he has not looked good. So what makes you think that he's the favorite at right tackle? I mean it's you know it's him or Max Mitchell right now. Um mm-hmm. unless or until they move AVT. Uh which until we see him practice there, I'm not gonna believe it's gonna happen. You know, maybe at some point it does and the best five probably involves him being there. But for now, it's between Billy Turner and Max Mitchell. Both of them have been bad. Billy Turner's a veteran. He's a guy, you know, he got he got the rest in the Browns game. Max Mitchell did not. Um, and not, not to say that he's looked like a lot better than Max Mitchell or anything, because I think they've both had their moments of, you know, you know, things to be alarmed about. Uh, I just think you Aaron Rodgers and this offense maybe trust the veteran more than the young guy who has, doesn't have as much experience. So I, I just think based on what we've seen in camp in terms of how they use these guys, I would lean towards Billy Turner, but I don't say that with, again, I, I'm more confident in that than like the Michael Carter Zonovan Knight thing. But I, uh, and I know fans don't love this whole thing because, you know, that's a pretty big hole right now. But, um, you know, if AVT is not moving, then I think it'll be Billy Turner. So I saw that Beckton started on the left side in practice today because um, Mitchell went down. There's no scenario where you could see him moving to the right side. I know he got hurt playing there last year. But you, he looked good, apparently, from what I saw on Twitter today. What, would you agree? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say he's going to move right tackle. The first team reps, there, there was only like one series, but it was his first ones with Rodgers. So, you know, that's notable. But, yeah, he's only practiced at left tackle. If they had any intention of moving him to the right side, he would have gotten the rep there by now. So I would remove that from your brains because I he at as of now, I'd say he's the goal is to make him the top backup for Dwayne Brown, probably, um, or if Brown's not ready to go or something like that. But. They're, they're really easing Makai back into it. Maybe eventually they start giving him right tackle reps. But, again, it's it's like the ABT thing. Until I see it, I, I won't believe it. Yeah, I mean, every, the dream for Jeff fans is that Dwayne Brown's healthy. They move ABT out to the right side. And then you have Titman starting at center. And then you have McGovern, obviously, at right guard. Like, 
I feel like that's more of a pipe dream, but it's definitely possible, especially now that Titman seems to be earning more you know, time with the first team because he's looked very impressive in the preseason, even though I know it was against some backups on both teams. But he's not looking overwhelmed, and it seems like they trust him a lot more, and they wanted to see really you know, how he would pick up you know, from actual snaps versus just practice because it, it seemed like he was very far behind, but it's been about a month now and it seems like he's improving week over week. Would you say he's definitely become a lot better and shown that he's more comfortable as the summer's gone on? I, I, I'd say that he's shown, he's shown enough that the coaches trust him more than they did early in camp. You know, I think before the Browns game, Salah basically said that Joe Tittman had to earn first team reps and he had to that point, he's still had a long way to go. Yeah. And then he went out and played really well in the Browns game. And I think that opened their eyes. I think he played better than they expected him to. And so now they've progressively given him more reps. Um, before today, he hadn't gotten any reps with Aaron Rodgers. And then today he got all the first team reps. It's, and it sounds like from here on out, they're going to rotate Tittman and uh, Connor McGovern with the first team. So I don't know if that means it's a legit competition now, but um, it's progress for a guy that used a second round pick on. And, and that, that's all you can ask for, especially because, you know, where he started and how fans were kind of freaking out like a week ago, I'd say he's made a lot of progress. Yeah. I mean, we're happy to see that, you know, he doesn't look overwhelmed the preseason because that's where it counts. And, you know, you're hoping that he plays his way into the lineup, whether it's week one or after the bye week, I feel like if he's not playing by after the bye week, it's, it's, it'd be a big surprise. Would you not, would you agree with that or no? Uh, It it just kind of depends. It's hard to say, honestly, like if Connor McGovern's playing well enough, they're not going to take him out, especially a veteran center. Uh, that, you know, would be comfortable with Rodgers in theory. But, yeah, there's there's definitely a scenario where I can see him in the starting lineup pretty early. Okay. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Um, I know that the offense, at least the starting offense, looked pretty terrible today. Would you say definitely a function of the offensive line, or was Rodgers just, you know, a little bit rusty today in comparison to other days you've seen since, you know, he's been here? And It was kind of everything was off. You know, the offensive line was definitely not good, um, and there was a lot of pieces in and out of the lineup. A lot of drops, and then there were just some inaccurate throws. It was it was just a shoddy day all around, and you know those happen in camp. I, I'm not it's not anything to be worried about, um, but yeah, it was. I would say it was probably the worst day for the offense that I've seen in camp, first team wise. Yeah, and it seems like Zach had a good day. What what's your overall thoughts on him? Really dating back to you know when camp opened, his preseason performance, and I know he apparently had his best day of camp so far. At least that's what Connor Hughes was saying on Twitter. Yeah, you know I, I think as I like to say, he's stacking good days and. I think that's good. You know, he's so he's uh, you know, he's he's completing the layups, which was an issue for him. I think that's what you kind of saw in that Panthers game. And he, he made some like tight window throws. Even, you know, there's one down the field of Irv Charles today. He's and so, you know, those are the things I'm looking for. I still, you know, however he looks in practice, you know, it's good. And it's good. That he's building confidence. But I, I we need to see it like when when the game mattered. Like I want to see him show this progress, you know, in this Bucks game this week and then in the Giants one next week. Like I want by the end of the preseason, I want to say definitively that, you know, he's in a better place than he was last year. And it, it seems like he is, but we need to see it, you know, more than yeah. once. And so that that's kind of where I'm at with him. Yeah, it, we, we actually had Kyle on the show last week and he said the same thing. He's like practice is practice, but it really counts when the bullets fly. And there's certain guys who look great in practice, but don't show up when the game starts. And then it's, there's guys who look terrible in practice, but who are just really good on Sundays. So to me, I mean. Obviously, Jeff fans don't want to see Zach, except if it's like, you know, he comes in and mop up duty in the fourth quarter and they're blowing a team out or if they were losing badly. And even though it's still a good season, they're just having a bad week. That's really the only scenario. But like we really don't want him starting anything more than one possible game. If that's, you know, the last week of the season because it's meaningless or if Rodgers just needs a week off. But like 
I just feel like if we get to a point where Zach is playing, the season is going to look like 2022 all over again, even though this defense should be top five. And I know Quinnen said on the fan today that they're hoping to be number one because they want to increase their turnovers. Um, I know tomorrow is the only joint practice with Tampa Bay because they canceled it on Thursday because they don't want any like, injuries, which I actually really like because that's the number one thing that you don't want to see. You don't want anyone to go down. So what are you looking to see tomorrow when you're watching them practice against Tampa Bay? Because it's a team that I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong based on your opinion, I think they're significantly more talented. I know Tampa has a lot of talent, but the quarterback position is obviously a huge question mark. And I'm not a big fan of Todd Bowles from his time as a Jets head coach. And I think even last year when he had the greatest quarterback of all time, he showed the same mistakes. It was just the clock management. But what are you looking to see from the Jets? I mean, you, you want to see them dominate, honestly, just because, you know, the Bucks are not supposed to be a team that's very good and the Jets are. And then, I mean, I, I know it's they're still figuring things out on offense. And at the very least, Todd Bowles, I don't think is a good head coach. He is generally a good def- defensive coordinator. So um, they at least should give them a good test, I would say. And they do have some talent on that defense still. Uh, so, you know, you want to see the offense be more productive uh, than they have been in the last few days. And you want to see, you know, that offensive line hold up. And that, that's kind of the big thing. You want to see progress on the offensive line. We haven't seen – I am i can't really point to a single day where the, I, I could say, okay, the offensive line showed some signs of progress today. So if if you could do that against another, an opponent, I think that would be big. So that's the biggest thing. And seeing how the offense looks and seeing how the offensive line looks. I, I don't really have any issues with the defense. I don't think they're going to have much trouble with Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Um, it's unfortunate they're only – for my sake, it's unfortunate they're only doing the one day because two joint practice days are, are kind of fun because – you know, one day I'll I can focus on the Jets' offense. The other I can focus on the Jets' defense. It's hard to focus on both uh, at the same time. So, um, for that reason, it, it kind of sucks. But yeah, joint practices are fun, and I'm I'm looking forward to that one. So, where will you have your attention when the Jets take the field tomorrow? Offense or defense? I presume offense, it'll probably right? wind probably wind up being offense. It's hard not to watch them. But you know, last week I, I watched um, at Panthers practice. I watched the seven on seven with Rogers just because just to watch him against the defense, and I missed like the one-on-one drills between Jets defensive ends and Panthers offensive linemen. And if they do that tomorrow, I really want to see that. So that that's kind of where I would adjust, I would say. All right. So we'll be on the lookout for those updates. So I have two more for you, and I know you, you have your show coming up. So how would you compare your second year on the beat to your first year on the Jets beat? Because, you know, the Jets are definitely a different team nationally, locally, and how they're covered. But how would you say it's been different from year one to year two? I mean, the biggest difference is just, you know, Aaron Rodgers is here and there's a lot more attention on this team now and there's a lot more national focus and more people looking at my stuff and reading my articles, which is awesome. So I'd say just the the level of attention and and how much stuff just is always happening with this team now that they have all these personalities is the biggest change. But ultimately, it, it's not that different to me. It's just like a bigger scale. And I have a year of experience under the beat. I kind of know how things work around here. So that's what I would say is the difference. Okay. So I know you have a you know pretty friendly relationship with Connor Hughes. I know the yeah. biggest beef between the two of you guys is the coffee debate. So mm. do you give him crap every single day that he likes hot coffee over ice? Because I'm on your side, iced coffee all the way. I'll drink it in the winter. I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't. I prefer not to talk to him if I don't have to. So I wouldn't say I give him crap every day. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, he he love hot coffee and when it's hot out. Which I mean, I I'll have iced coffee when it's cold out. So I guess you can debate which is crazier, but. Yeah, I just think iced coffee just tastes better. The ice adds something to it. Um, I guess if you really like the taste of coffee, like if you can have it like black, which I think Connor does or can, I think I guess it makes sense why you'd like it hot. But I, I prefer having 
like something sweet in there or some cream and stuff. So maybe that maybe that's why I like iced coffee, but it's better. I think it's a fact. I, I agree. I think it's a, a fact that anybody who drinks it knows it's a fact. But uh, Zach, this has been fun. I know you have your show coming up. Can't wait on YouTube from The Athletic with his two co-hosts. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Zach Blatt and obviously read his great stuff. Zach, thanks again, man. I really appreciate you joining the show. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. Take care. So really quickly, we I'll go run through a couple things. And I know that Zach was not able to jo- not stay on for the entire thing. Cool. Just wait for him to go. So I know everyone's concerned about the offensive line. I get that. It's not the biggest deal in the world. It's going to work itself out one way or the other. And, you know, I have confidence in the coaching staff. I have confidence in the offensive coordinator. I really think that it's going to be – a work in progress as time goes on, but at the same time, you know, the Jets will maneuver. It's not going to be the same starting five, you know, from week one to week 18. We all know that it's going to change, but at the end of the day, the Jets will probably end up moving Elijah Vera Tucker to the right side. I think he'll be on the outside. I hope that that's what they do because we know he's their best offensive lineman. It's not even close. I do see a scenario because Wayne Brown's obviously getting up there in age where he might be, you know, injured at some point, giving Makai a chance on the left side. I hope that that does happen because we really want to see what we have in him because, you know, we use a first round pick on him. I get that. It's really frustrating, but I, I, I just want to see this, this offensive line work. And I think it will over time, but if there are growing pains early, don't be surprised. They haven't had a lot of continuity throughout this summer. Hopefully we see some of the guys work together in the next two preseason games and obviously the joint practices, but I would not be overly concerned just yet. But listen, I totally get everyone's concern. Really quickly, wanted to also do my thoughts on Dalvin Cook. I know there's been a lot of you know conversation in terms of you know some Jeff fans being happy, some Jeff fans being sad. I personally think everyone should be happy. There's nothing wrong with adding another playmaker. Is if you have more playmakers, you know, it, it's depth. It gives you another opportunity to give people rest and it means the longevity of the game. I just think overall, Cook is it's a no-brainer. It's one year. You're not going to carry that cap over. I know people were saying that they wish they could, you know, push that over. It's this is this is it. It's all in this year. I don't understand the, you know, the mantra of, you know, well, you never know for 2024. They don't care about 2024 in that building. They care about right now. Aaron Rodgers, like he seems like he's committed for two years, but he could get hurt. They could they could win it all potentially. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it's possible. And I just don't think anyone should be concerned about 2024 anymore. Like it, this isn't anything like crazy or groundbreaking. It's just for anyone who believes that, like I don't know what to tell you. Just just think about the now and you know week by week and hope for the best. But there's no offensive lineman for them to acquire. I know everyone was holding out hope for Zach Martin. Dallas was never going to get rid of him. I mean, if they were stupid enough to do so, like, you know, Washington did with Trent Williams, but that was more so because Trent Williams was disgruntled because of how they handle a medical procedure of his and he refused to play for them. That's a whole other story. The Cowboys were not getting rid of him. They know he's probably, I guess, the second most important player behind Micah Parsons and then Zach. So it's like, I I don't understand why anyone thought that there was this offensive lineman they can sign or trade for. There isn't. I mean, I saw Justin Pugh should be cleared to practice soon, and that would be, you know, an interesting signing for the Jets. But at the end of the day, this is the offensive line unless they swing a trade that nobody sees coming because good offensive linemen are not made available. The offensive line play around the league is not great when you look at it. I mean, certain teams have strong lines like Cleveland does. I know Detroit does. San Francisco does. Philly does. But 
most of the teams in the league are a lot closer to the Jets' offensive line than you think. Miami is worse than the Jets from an offensive line perspective. So I would not worry about it too much. If you are, you know, I get it. But let's just see how it looks before we, you know, hit the panic button. It's still only August 15th. Plenty of time to go. And last but not least, you know, we appreciate everyone who's been tuning into the live feed. Russo was unfortunately not able to join tonight. We will have him on next week, and he'll probably be doing a solo show that we'll put on the, the YouTube feed as well as the uh, Spotify, Amazon, and Apple feed. But he'll be doing a reaction to Hard Knocks and also just thoughts on what he sees from, you know, the joint practices tomorrow with Tampa Bay. Um, but, yeah, make sure to subscribe on YouTube.com slash at BadlandsToj. You get all of the our live shows. You get the, the clips from Badlands. You'll even get some stuff probably from Will's show as well. It's the best place to be for, you know, premium Jets content. And, you know, make sure you're subscribing to Badlands on Patreon. I know that there's now a new feature where you can actually link your Patreon account to Spotify. So you can get Badlands directly in your Spotify account versus use the Patreon app. I've done it. It's great. Best premium content for, for the Jets out there. Joe and Connor, you know, cranking stuff out. I know a War Room video dropped actually while I was live with Zach. So make sure to check that out. And also make sure you're checking out the watch party next week for the Giants game in the South Street Seaport next weekend. I believe it's 6 to 10, you know, $65 open bar with appetizers. Should be a good time. I'll be there. Connor, Joe, Dalvin, many more. Will as well. It's going to be awesome. Make sure to tune in. And if you can't make it, you know, hopefully you can come to the next one. And also make sure to, you know, subscribe to the show on, on uh, Apple, Amazon, Spotify. So turn on the Jets live. Just search it. You'll see the logo that's in our corner. We appreciate all the support. We look forward to talking to you guys soon.